man, it's so hard to come back, you know? And, and so that's why I think a lot of times we see those tears happen, right? They're like, I've been putting this off for so long and now I'm finally like giving myself permission. Welcome everyone. You are listening to the Gentleman's Atlas podcast, where we focus on giving you the tools and resources to become the hero of your story. I'm your host, Isaac. And today's honest and authentic conversation is exactly what you need to hear to live life on your terms. So without wasting any time, let's go ahead and get right into today's episode. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, gentlemen, to another episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Today's going to be a guest interview where I bring someone on where we're going to have a good, open, honest, and authentic conversation about self-improvement, about personal development, and becoming the hero of our story. Today's guest is someone that I want to bring on for many reasons. One, I think there's someone that's going to bring a lot of value into looking inward and finding identity and bringing out the best components of ourselves. There's someone that this conversation is going to flow in a way where you get to figure out what it means to live an authentic lifestyle and to really discover some things about yourself that you never knew were possible. And at the end of the day, I think that working with people that have experience with others, who have met others, who have had an open mind with other perspectives and other identities, is someone that when you have a conversation with, they're going to bring to light a lot of things that can help you grow into the person that you were always destined to be. So without further ado, let me bring on Noah. Noah, welcome to the show. Thanks for, thanks for having me here, Isaac. Absolutely. So I think the best way to get started is to let the people know about how you got to where you are today. It's, it's a fascinating question because sometimes I ask myself, where am I? And, you know, being a digital nomad for the last, I don't know, like uh, going on two years now with a, with a few breaks in between, it's like every month I'm in a different country. Um, the last two decades, it's been a professional journey, you know, also where am I? What am I doing? Right. So it's like I've started so many businesses throughout the years that it's interesting. You asked me that question one year, it's a completely different answer than the year before. And ultimately, I think it's a journey. Right. So where I am now, I think I think the, the coolest spot in my life, I've just hit 40 and I'm I'm so happy of the journey that I've been on to get me where I am. And I'm running a company called The Big Possible now. Um, finally at a point where you know the business is starting to work the mission is really exciting i've got a lot of a lot of people that are you know i'm I'm working with that i've had the fortune to make cool relationships with and if you look back at the journey um this business that i'm doing it's it's focused around helping entrepreneurs thrive right so we we have an agency component where we where i bring in all the skills that i've had throughout the years doing video graphic design um, and then there's also this retreat component where we have epic in-person offsites where entrepreneurs come and they hang out and we get together. Um, we go to exotic destinations and we share space. We do cool adventures. We have meals together. And this is basically the culmination of, like I said, if like we look back at the journey, I started things out as a like a wannabe entrepreneur. I had a failed a failed fashion company. I held had a failed soap company. I started an art career. I had a production company, and all of these things. I look. You can look at them with the lens of like, wow, that was a, a screw up. Wow, I messed up. But then, if you actually look at it through the lens of this is color that I'm adding to the tapestry of my life. These are things that may or may not have worked out at one point, but the experiences that you get throughout life can then lead into the ultimate recipe that you build ultimately down in life. So, so this business that I'm doing now, I'm combining all of these cool experiences that I've done in the past, bringing them all together, and it just feels so good. So yeah, I hope that answers the question. It's a little bit of a roundabout way of saying that um, I've dabbled in a lot of things. Uh, many things have worked, many things have not worked, and I'm finally at a position now in my life where I'm choosing to design a business around what I what I really want to be doing. Well, I think it it's getting back to this point that everything that's happened to you has happened for you. Everything that you've experienced has set you up for what you're doing now. I think 
if you look back, you know, sometimes you might call some of those failures or some of them be things that maybe you wanted to turn out differently. But I think it's always this point where everything that's happened has created the person you are today and it's allowed you to see things the way you see them. So I think it's it's really a gift when we're able to look back and we're able to appreciate where we came from, no matter where things may not have gone the way we thought they were going to go. You know, they're always there's always a fate and a destiny that we're we're aligned to. And so I think it's, you know, that acceptance piece is really cool when it comes to this regard of like, hey, maybe we're not where we thought we would be, but we're definitely somewhere that's great for me. And I think that when we're looking to grow in all aspects of life, and I love what you mentioned, and we'll ta- we'll talk a little bit about that community um, of those retreats, I think that tapping into authenticity, both in your own and the people around you, I think it exposes you to just how diverse and unique the world is. And I think it's also, in my opinion, a really good shield against, you know, everything that goes around in the world, the negativity, the distractions, all the things that can set us back from where we're supposed to be. I think authenticity provides a barrier where we can just exist as we are and as we know we can be, not necessarily what anyone else expects us to be, what society tells us to be, but in a place where instead of light floods into us, we kind of push the light out of us and into the world around us. Well said. Absolutely. But it is a part where I think community is a big part of finding who we are and finding the authenticity. And so I want to get your piece on how, especially the retreats, how that's affected both you as well as the people that have attended them. Yeah, I, I think from I'll, I'll start with how it's affected me from the beginning, because looking at the confidence in my life, there have been there have been waves. There have been moments where I've been at my peak and I've been super dialed into community socially, like just doing cool things, surrounded by epic people. And then there have been times where I've retreated into a cave where, you know, there's been, I don't know whether it's kind of shame about where my circumstance is or just like I I get in a habit of not wanting to socialize. Um, and, and I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people. We go through phases in life where some moments we feel like being a hermit, some moments we feel like getting out there and, and networking and growing our community. <clears throat> but what this uh, retreat business has allowed me to do is to find a way to authentically share who I am vulnerably, like with other cool people who are sharing the same intention. Like when we all get together, we're, we're talking business, we're talking ideas. But then there's like this, this expectation because we don't have anything else going on. We're in the same house. We're, we're in a foreign country. The, the walls start to come down and we start to see each other for people. And we get really, really close. And with that, it's like all the... I, I, there, it's it's really interesting when you can be in a spot with somebody and be as vulnerable as you, as you possibly can. It doesn't even matter if you're not in the mood to hang out because they're meeting you where you're at. And being in the same room with like 20 people who are just like accepting you for who you are and what you're feeling and all your ups and downs, I mean, that that has changed my life in so many ways, like just being able to have that experience. So I look at the reason I started doing these retreats was precisely that. I, I, I had a, a period about four years where I was working for a company. Um, I, I left my previous production company. And suddenly, those four years of being employed, of having that safety cushion of a full-time job, I lost a lot of testosterone. I lost a lot of like social support. I was just kind of like showing up day in, day out, and I had that, the, the security set for me. I was in a comfort zone. And I realized like that was eating away at my confidence. It was eating away at my ability to take risks. Um, and I didn't have the, uh, the ability, like a, a community, to bounce ideas off of. I look back when I had my production company, I would host dinner parties every month. And some of those conversations would be the catalyst to some of the coolest business projects we've done, um, great partnerships with other people, and just the motivation to keep going when things get hard. And now that I was in this full-time job, I didn't have that community. So when it came time to start the next thing, and I was ready to just like take the leap, the first thing I wanted to do was create a company that had that element of community. And so flash forward, 
the big possible was born. It was it's basically a, an idea of starting with community, with experiences, doing retreats for entrepreneurs, a place where everybody can come together. Um, and then that process, it was it's basically a container for myself, one, to restart that connection building, networking, and you know, socializing. But it's also providing a container for other people to tap into the network that I'm curating so that they can have that same level of experience, motivation, insight, breakthrough, and take a step back from the grind and that comfort zone and get into a, a frame of mind where they're able to think expansively, bounce ideas off of other people who are in that like same frame of mind with that entrepreneurial spirit, and then go home, recharge, and stay connected so that even if they do hit a rut, they have people now who understand them, who have become friends with them, that they can call at any day when, you know, rain or shine and say, hey, I'm going through this. Do you have any advice for me? And that's kind of really what it's been. So this has been the last year. We've done three um, sold-out retreats, two in Mexico, one in Morocco. And, you know, seeing the guests coming up to me with tears in their eyes, like saying, Noah, you have no idea how much this changed my life. And just, I really appreciate all the work that you put into doing this. That's what kind of gave me the signal that this is, people need this. People need community. People need in-person interaction and that, that deep connection. And me just providing the container, I don't realize how impactful that is. Like, I know for myself, like, wow, this is super, super great. I go home with all these memories and all these connections. But then when it's multiplied with 20 people, Sometimes, because I'm the facilitator, I don't even know how deep these connections are being made. I'm just seeing, like, the tears happen. I'm like, whoa, okay, something's working. This is great. But, yeah, that's, I hope that uh, that's, that's pretty much the process and the, and the why behind why I started doing these retreats and, um, you know, really just blown away by how powerful it is when you have a community that comes together and they, they just help each other out. Yeah, do you think the the impact is so transformational because a lot of these people don't have places where they can be that open and vulnerable about things going on in their lives? It, they may have the the space. Like a lot of people that are there, it takes a lot of guts to be able to say yes to something like this. And often the people that do say yes, there are, there's really two types. There's the people that recognize that they truly need this and they don't have it in their life. And there's others who have this built into their life, but they, they want more of it. And so, you know, both sides of the spectrum, it's also like carving out the time and making this a priority. When it's presented in a way that it's like a, it's both a vacation, both it's also a business expense, and then there's this tangential benefit of deep bonding, deep connecting tied in with it, that's when it becomes really appealing. And a lot of times we don't value um, in-person connections enough. It always becomes a secondary in life. And so we will focus and prioritize the grind without taking this, this very like healing, very nurturing, very supportive um, foundation of human connection and deepening experiences and time for reflection we always push that off to the back and say, we'll get to that one day. I'll do a vacation when I hit X, Y, Z with my business. I'll do a vacation when I get this. Or, you know, I'll take some time to do my self-reflection and planning uh, after I hang out with family during the Christmas holiday. And then something is always going to come up. And this, this gets kicked to second place. And what happens is most people just continue their lives without making it a priority until it gets to the point where, wow, I really, 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 really need this. And then it's almost like, it's not like it's too late, but then, man, it's so hard to come back, you know? And, and so that's why I think a lot of times we see those tears happen, right? They're like, I've been putting this off for so long, and now I'm finally like giving myself permission to hang out with other people and talk about what's really going on within me and then also like strategize for the future and like giving myself permission to step away from like the same thoughts and start thinking new things. That's like when I think the tears happen, right? It's like, okay, I deserve this. I can't believe I put this off for so long. Wow. This feels good. This feels amazing. Cool. Yeah. I think 
it's so important that 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 piece that you mentioned near the end that a lot of us especially us as men we tend to push things to the breaking point we tend to take things until we can't take things anymore you know it's always this let's do more let's add more let's put more on our plate and then what happens it just becomes so much that we just you know it's a break It, it it cracks down it's just too much for us to handle and i think that one of the important parts too is you know we have this topic that we hear all the time called self-care and a lot of times people define it in different ways but I think one part that it's not defined enough as is self-respect and I think an element of self-care is recognizing that you need to put your health and your needs before a lot of other things inclusively before pretty much everything you know I think self-care has a component of being selfish and it's not because it's a bad thing but it's because it's a necessary thing because I always have this firm idea that the best we can do for the world is being the best version of ourselves. And we can't do that if we're not paying the special attention to ourselves. And you mentioned the thing about putting things second. You know, I think a lot of times it's very easy for us to off put things we're not used to doing. And, you know, how many men are there who put aside self-care or being vulnerable or saying the things they need to say because it hasn't been promoted as much because they don't know where they can say it or they don't have the communities to say it. So I think that what you do especially is so powerful because a lot of these people have places to do it. Maybe they do already, but now they have somewhere where not only is it a place to do it, but it's also a priority to do it. And I think that combination unlocks a sort of sentiment that allows them to realize some things about their life. There's this analogy that I said a while back that to me is so important for a lot of people to really think about. And it's this idea that there's two ways of becoming strong in the world. You know, you either build an armor made out of negativity, made out of hatred and everything that's gone wrong in your life, right? So it acts as a barrier between you and the world. So you don't have to really claim personal responsibility or accountability because you just use that as your shield. Or you can take the risk, be vulnerable, and grow strength by growing a light inside you, right? It's this idea that the light expands from inward outward, and that's what protects you because it's you, right? No one can really take it away from you because you're the only one that controls it. And, you know, there are two ways of living, but a lot of people, they go voluntarily or not into the method of the negativity. And then what happens is, like you said, in those moments where they break down is something so fundamentally strong, whether it's an idea, whether it's a realization, whether it's a death of a loved one or they lose something very important to them, it breaks the armor and then they realize that the only true path is the light. And I think it's something that's very powerful. And so I also, that makes me curious to ask you, you know, what have you seen happen after some of these transformational moments? You know, what do you see that's changed about the people? Not necessarily what they achieve, although that's a component of it, but just the way they start carrying themselves and the way they start dealing with their everyday lives. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know to speak to, um, some of the other people that are there, but I think I can speak to what's going on with me. I think there's a journey that I'm constantly going through. There's a, there's a flight of Icarus to a certain degree with, I love that we're talking about habits and transformation, right? But then the game is never done with transformation. And we constantly need to reinforce that process of transformation as, as if it's like a, that we need to put up boundaries and and set up habits that will ultimately give us the discipline to make sure that we don't slack off. You know, we, we, we always put that as a priority. But life has a way of always being uh, ups and downs, you know, and, and especially in my life. Like, I have four things that I need to make sure that I'm in, I'm in tip-top shape and I'm happy and I'm energized. And it's really my health, I need to make sure that I'm exercising and sleeping. The, I need to do like set up guards around my mental uh, stability. So it's like making sure I don't have open loops on my to-do list and actually doing the things on my to-do list, doing a little bit of like meditation, playing chess, strategy, whatever, stuff like this. But it's also social life. Like I absolutely need to have good people in my life that are supporting me and having conversations um, otherwise, I start to go in a hole. If one of those components is missing in my life, it starts to create a chain reaction, and I start to 
go down, uh, it's a downward spiral. And that's when I, you know, it's, it, if we look at it as a flight of Icarus, the further away from the sun you get, you start, you know, you start dropping, but then the wax starts to harden. As you dial up your routine again, you recognize that, oh, wait, I need to, like, get my habits and my stuff, my transformation back on point. Then you start getting a little closer to the sun, and then you start to get lazy, right? And then, and then it's like the wax melts again. And so the game I try to play is to give myself enough of a boundary so that I don't get, my, my wax doesn't get hot, too hot, or it doesn't get too cold, right? So there's a, those habits keep me, keep me regular. And so having the opportunity to do the retreats the transformation that really happens with me is it keeps this tra- this this top of mind, so that I'm more hyper aware of the tools that I have at my at my tool belt to keep myself from getting off too far off track. And you know, again, it's the conversations that we have while we're hanging out of the retreat. Yes, we're talking business, but also we're talking about you know personal growth. We're talking all of this, but. I will say that the, the, the retreats that I do aren't so much focused on the personal growth element as much as they are focused on business. I would say it's like 80% business uh, and then 20% connections, and then there just happens to be um, an element that within it that's all about personal growth and, and like finding your purpose and all of that. But the big focus is on, on business and connections. Do you think that there's a like there's a big tie between that business and personal growth, or do you think like how do you think it gets from? And again, it can be mostly focused on business, but how do you think those personal growth aspects come out when these conversations take place, especially the ones that happen maybe more later on, where people are more acclimated to one another? Yeah, we are as entrepreneurs like we are the vessel that our business is built from, and so it's essential that we are operating from the most energized uh, possible like frame of mind. And if we have turbulence going on in the back of our mind, we're not going to be able to perform as well in our business. We're not going to be able to see, um, create, like we're not going to be able to think creatively or expansively because we're going to be weighed down by these heavier thoughts. And so taking care of your personal growth is paramount to actually succeeding in business. They go hand in hand, right? So like, especially if you're a founder, if, if you're working at a company and you have like a process that's spelled out for you, it doesn't really matter if you have your, your stuff taken care of in your personal life because it's like just you, you might just be going down you know, you know, and doing whatever list that you have to do each day. But as an entrepreneur, as a founder, often your, your personal energy is what drives the company. And if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, you're not doing that routine of, of self-respect, right? it's going to trickle into the business that you have. And that's going to trickle into the, the you know, whether it's like the team that you're, if, if, you're, if you're not taking care of yourself, you might be quick to sort of like chastise your team versus like giving them support. Uh, you might not be energized about a sales call and then you lose the deal. So it's all of these components, they, they play into each other, right? And so th- that's when we're having these conversations. It's like, how do you, how do you thrive as a, as a business owner? Often it comes back to, how you thrive as a person in business at the end of the day is a people's game. Like you, everything about it, like the products you sell, you sell to people, the products that we sell are made by people, you know, and, and ultimately business is about human connection. And so the more we understand that, the more critical it becomes to actually layer in all of that to um, every conversation we have around business. And, you know, I'm also curious because, I think you have a lot of very interesting aspects that a lot of people don't have when it comes to just all the experiences fusing into one, right? You have the businesses that you've worked on. You have your current business where you're doing these retreats, where you're doing this transformation, where you're focusing on this, on the business growth. But then you're also combining that with another aspect, which I don't think a lot of or most business owners don't have that perspective. And that's that digital nomad aspect. You know, you've been in so many places around so many different cultures and people that I think for me, especially when you mention business as a people business, which I completely agree upon, you know, it's very interesting the more open-minded you are as well as the more perspectives that you've learned from. So how do you think the aspect of just being in different cultures and being a digital nomad has impacted the way you operate these retreats as well as your overall business? 
Yeah, it, it comes to this concept about how our brain gets information through, like, adventure, right? So the more interesting thoughts and stimulus that you have in your life, the more frequent you're going to be able to kind of connect the dots in different ways. It's just, it's just if you start to see the same thing again and again, your brain starts to filter out other opportunities. And so the more you, you, you're, you expose yourself to different cultures, um, you go through hardships even, like trying to find a laundromat in a city adds an extra element of, of struggle. And the more you have this, these push and pull, it starts to stretch your mind. It's like every day is a brain exercise for your mind. And you're in new situations where you have to come up with different creative problem-solving techniques. You're watching the interactions with people, and you're saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that you could, you could talk to someone like that. You know, whether it's like a, at a cafe, you're seeing a guy flirt with a girl, and you're like, oh, that's a good strategy. Or whether it's like you're, at a, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing an advertisement in, from a different country's perspective, and it's like, ooh, that's a cool that's a cool way to, to, to frame the ad. I like the color schemes, right? So there's so much inspiration that you can take when you get out of your comfort zone. But there's also the, the novelty of new experiences. It triggers this, like, just fireworks in your brain. It, like, the synapses start going off in ways that you would never actually, like, start to see if you're just doing the same thing day in, day out. So, yeah, the, being a digital nomad, it's, it's not an easy lifestyle for sure uh it's i think it's highly romanticized and i think like some people do it really really well and they're and they're kind of um dialed in for that but for me i found that i uh i prefer a little bit of a slower paced nomad life and so what i'm going to be doing like moving forward is is have you know three or four months in one place coming back to los angeles where a lot of my friends are so i have a regular um interaction with my like the people that are very close to me and I don't have to um, constantly make friends every time I go to a new city because I think there's a balance like everything in life is a balance and so if if I'm stimulated to the max every single day it starts to get exhausting but if I balance it to a certain degree where it's it's fresh and exciting but it's also I have enough stability and comfort to lean on you know when I'm when I'm overwhelmed it works really nicely and so I think being able to find all of those cool experiences that are exciting, that are crazy, and then bring what I like, what's what's exciting, and in a safe environment for people so that they don't have to deal with the crazy um, hassle, right, at a retreat. So I can go and I can find the amazing chefs. I can find some cool adventures. Um, I can handle all the booking for people. So it's like they get to experience the novelty of a new place without having to deal with all the stress of the logistics. And, and that's kind of what happens at the retreats, right? So you're, you're, you're going to a new exotic destination, but you're also being pampered to a certain degree, right? You don't have to do all the planning. You don't have to book the tour guides. And so you're seeing all the stuff, but it's an easy way to just get fresh stimulation, and it's curated for you. So no, I'm, I'm really glad that, that we're getting into this because I like hearing this part about just the experience and the encounter with new things because I think that when we're faced with these new experiences and when we're placed in situations that we haven't been in before, we're able to find aspects about ourselves that are extremely interesting as well as revealing about some of the aspects that we don't often see in ourselves. And so one of the things that you know I think about when I think about new experiences is I just think that we have, everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. But when you go into new situations, the way those strengths and weaknesses play out can be different. You know, in some societies, it's better to be more outspoken. In some societies, it's better to be quiet and to listen. And so I think that when you get to this interesting balance of cultural norms and understanding how different societies actually carry about the day to day and what they do, you kind of realize within yourself, like a lot of the things we said about ourselves are are very, I wouldn't say they're, they're limitations, but they're keeping us in certain ways of living. And mm -hmm. what they do with that is that they keep us less open to changing our forms of being, you know. And one of the cool things that I see with people that are willing to encounter new experiences and new ideas is that they constantly stay with this youthful 
mind. They constantly stay in this youthful spirit because they've, they never really accept that things are as they are, right? There's this saying that it is what it is, but in reality, the world is completely against that. You know, things are so different. Cultures are different. People are all different. And if we accept things as fixed, well, then the world doesn't change and there's no reason for us to change. But if we can accept things as dynamic, like you mentioned with the myth of Icarus and his flight, you know, there's there's a steady pace. There's a beauty in the up and down of life, you know, of going down and riding the waves of the success that you face, but then having to build back up. And obviously you want to have more of an equilibrium, but, you know, at the end of the day, it is like those sound waves. It is going up and down and up and down. And I think one of the aspects that we have to keep in mind especially when we're new experiences is keeping the perspective of we don't know everything and there's more to learn there's more to grow from and being in situations where we can do so is very powerful and so with my next question i really want to to see you know where were some of the areas that you experienced a lot of growth in your life or at least you had a point of of great inflection maybe it was a turning point because i think all of the experiences probably taught you a good bit about yourself but what were some of those turning points in different places yeah, there's, there's been there's been quite a few, and I love I love the preface to this to this question. And uh, you know, for the people that are listening, I I think everyone's in a different stage. And the biggest win we can always do is is learn to not judge ourselves, and that's like that's the biggest challenge. Because whenever I did find myself in a big rut, ultimately what. I was doing was judging myself compared to other people compared to like what my expectations were and, and, and looking at the current circumstance through a lens of almost, I want to say shame. Right. And (laughs) there's always a catalyst. We were talking about this earlier. Like sometimes you hit a point of no return and you're like, okay, something's got to give. And I wish, I wish I only had like one of these stories, but there's been many, right? Like, life is not always like a bunch of roses. I look back at like the, the hardest moments of my life where it's like, I almost wanted to call it quits. And there's always been someone who's been able to help pull me out. Right. Most of these uh, moments, it's like, I, I look back at my twenties were a, a complete decade of delinquency. Right. I just was going out to parties. I was drinking and I was just spending all of my money every night at the nightclub and I had nothing to show for it. I, my 29 was come and gone and I'm like sitting here looking at like my life. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I just had a relationship that fizzled out. So I really had a, a, usually like whenever I have these times of moments of like deep self-reflection, it's because like my girlfriend left me at the time. Right. And so you're, you're left with this, like, okay, something's wrong. Like, obviously like this woman that I love has left me. So that must mean that there's something I need to fix. 90% 90% of the time, what it is, is it's my own relationship with myself. And it's the love that I have for myself. Like, not letting go of the judgment that I have and, and finding a way to appreciate who I am. The first time I did this, it was, I, I, I was 29. I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I couldn't figure out a way out. So what I did is I sold everything. And I did, I did this, like, pilgrimage in Japan where I, I walked 500 kilometers with a backpack I got rid of all my other belongings and I walked from Kyoto to Tokyo. And along that journey, you know, at the beginning, it was super hard. I had blisters on my feet. I was soaked in rain, um, ran out of money. And I'm like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I want to give up. But I I met somebody at this Traveler's Inn one night, you know, early in that journey at the point where I was literally about to give up. And And they looked at me and they said, you know what? What you're doing right now, you're on this pilgrimage this is so special. This is something that you're never going to do again in your life. So just finish it. Go all the way to the end. And whether it's hard or not, just you've already started. Like, see it all the way through. We believe in you, and we're so inspired by what you're doing. Even though that's like, ultimately, the, the amount of people that I'm impacting doesn't even matter. It's that I have this, this interaction with one person who, you know, it was, it was, it was a family that night. And those words that they spoke to me, you know, just bonding together gave me enough fuel to walk the remaining 300 kilometers and finish the journey. And it's like, we don't recognize when these people are going to show up in our life. But when you do find that spark, 
that's a signal that people care. And so listen through the lens of like, stop shaming yourself, right? Because you're actually beautiful. There's so much cool shit that's going on underneath the surface. And each one of us has so many strengths, so many, so many beautiful moments. Sometimes you just need somebody from the outside to slap you around and say, quit shaming yourself, quit judging yourself, and just pick up the pieces and keep going. And that's ultimately, I think, every single time I have some level of pain or hardship that it's like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I want to give up. This is hard. I have to remind myself that it doesn't matter if it's hard. What matters is like, I'm good. I've been through worse. I can keep going. And this will be fun once I'm through it. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Every single time you just keep going, the storms of doubt and judgment and shame will eventually fade to the background because that's the only place they belong. Yeah. And I think it's even to the point where, you know, you look back in your past and you look where you are today and it's like to everyone out there, your track record for surviving your bad days is a hundred percent. You know, every time things got bad, every time you thought things were, you know, were over, you're still here. We're still fighting. So I think it's even, you know, I think the first step is just accepting that we're going to be okay. You know, I think it's putting aside the emotions and the torrent of all the ideas and thoughts that come to mind and just saying at the end of the day, I've been through it. I've been through bad times and every time I come out and I come out stronger. So I think it's even just, you know, willing to be at peace with, with the current of, of emotions and ideas that flow through us, especially during those times. And I think that even transcending beyond that period, it's seeing how do we appreciate the struggle? How do we fall in love with the moments of discomfort? There was a, there was something that I read the other day that mentioned that, you know, suffering can equal growth, but it's not a one-on-one ratio because you're adding pain to it. But if you have discomfort, that's a one-on-one ratio to growth. It's, it's that discomfort that leads to growth. You know, the sufferings, you add, it's you adding what's on top of it. It's you making worse than what it is. But when you really look at the situation, you're like, this is character building. This is a challenge that tests me, mm-hmm. that puts my feet to the fire. That's, that's powerful because it leads to something where you have to grow. And I think that in business, it's a key and a crucial component that we face these challenges. Because what happens is that a lot of people, they don't go through these challenges. They don't become the person capable of running a seven, eight figure, nine figure business. And so they're never going to get there because they haven't become the person they need to be. I always give this example about lottery winners. You know, there's a reason why it's like 60% of lottery winners go broke within the first seven years of winning all that money. It's not because... The, there wasn't enough money. It's because they didn't know how to spend it. They weren't the person capable of handling that much money. They had no idea what to do with it, right? The whole lottery system isn't made for people with money. And so the point with that is also realizing it's like, I'm so focused on what I want and what I think I should be getting out of life, what I ent- I feel entitled to, that I fail to realize that I have to become a certain kind of person to get the things that I want. You know, it's this method of accountability of recognizing, you know, what's the congruency between the inputs and the outputs. And I think that back to this conversation about perspectives that we were that we've been on is just when you have a perspective that things are gotten in different ways, but with similar meaning and similar intentions and similar purpose, that we all have to go through our own discomforts in order to unlock our better versions of ourselves you know, it's something that I think we can build community around. It's things that, like you said, all these guys that come to these retreats, all the entrepreneurs, all the business owners, they don't have the same aspirations. They don't have the same companies. They don't have the same families. They don't have the same upbringings, but they have a shared connection that they want to create change. They want to bring about a business solution and they see that they need to improve for the business to improve. And that creates community. And so another part that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, when did you start recognizing that that was one of the big pillars of that shared community? When did you see that these people with a like-minded goal, how powerful that became for those communities that, 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 that you built? Yes, yeah, I guess it's, it's a big byproduct of the, <clears throat> the pandemic, right? Being locked in and, and having that taken away, you start to realize how important it is. So 
there's that plus I think me going through those periods and looking back at what really brings me joy uh, running my production company back in, in the past you know when I was doing that it wasn't so much the creative aspect or just building the business what truly if I look back and I highlight the moments that really excited me were those moments when I was collaborating with other entrepreneurs hosting dinner parties, creating a space for other people to come and talk about innovation, talk about enterprise, help each other get unstuck. And ultimately, that's what I'm really good at, right? And the, 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 giving myself the space to actually ask those deep questions, what do I truly want to do? What do I really, actually really enjoy doing? And what and, and what am I good at? And that's when I, I really found that, that, that missing link, right? And and finding a way to combine all of it, like, right, my love for travel, my love for business, my love for community, my love for hosting, and all those skills in between to create that sort of uh, container or the show or whatever you want to call it, that's really what um, sparked that initial kind of, like, discovery of this is, what, this is what's important to me. Um, also, just recognizing it in my own life, seeing um, the ambiguity when it comes to starting something new and the only way to get really answers is by talking to other people who have done it in the past. You can, you can figure stuff out on your own. And it's not like, as, as entrepreneurs, we're all smart. We all have information. Everywhere is out there. But the difference from having information and having a mentor or having a buddy who's been there, done it before, is kind of like going on a journey and the difference of having a map versus not having a map. If we have a map, we know where we're going, and we can look at the, at the landscape, at the cues that we're facing. If we see a big mountain up ahead, it's like, oh, we don't even need to walk around this mountain because there's a tunnel that goes through it. Let's go through the tunnel. And these are the things that you get through community. And <clears throat> without that, you're on your own, and it's hard. And who knows when you're going to give up or burn out or how long it's going to take. But doing it with the community, it's like it's just – it's more fun, so why not do it with the community, right? Yeah, I think it it goes down to this point of, you know, we can all walk this journey alone or we can join others, but we also got to understand, you know, what what are we created to be more like? And we're, we're human, you know, we're creatures of community. We're fostered by community. We're able to be happier in community. You know, we're not built for solitude. And so I think even with that being said, it's like, there's some people that that have made it in the past by walking alone and they had been alone for so many years and then they were exposed to community and it changed a lot for them but on the flip side you know a lot of people in the past especially with how things were there was less communication you couldn't communicate Mm -hmm. with someone across the country before you couldn't communicate with someone internationally before and now with this information era now with this interconnected era we have a way more powerful resource than ever before. But of course, there always has to be counterbalances to things that come. So while we have this ability to be so interconnected with other people, it has also become our biggest weakness, right? Our biggest strengths can often be our biggest weaknesses or vice versa, how we see it. So now with all this information, now distractions are very um, prevalent. Our attention is divided. Our focus is spread too thin. And so again, it's, it's looking at how do we take the best attributes and how do we keep the attributes necessary to attain the best versions of these, of these services? You know, how do we keep our focus? How do we keep our attention, but use this interconnected media and use the internet to connect ourselves with community? There's a lot of online communities that offer really good value for a lot of people. And so I think it even begs the question of you can't really tap into it if you're not able to put priorities in your life if you're not able to put focus and attention in your life and so i think it's recognizing that we kind of have to wake up we have to become alert we have to recognize where the starting point of our life is and we have to say it clearly to ourselves like hey this is where we are this is where we want to be going what's going to take us there and so again you know i'm not a believer in shortcuts in life but if i believe there is one it's community like you said it's Mm -hmm. it's maps it's blueprints it's like if they've walked the walk and they've been in the industry for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and you're telling me you wouldn't want that and you really want to go on your own path, like that's to me saying, hey, my ego matters more than me actually making sure this business works. 
because that's just one attribute, right? It's not the whole business, right? It's not going to always be the same business. And it also doesn't take away the journey. Just because you get a map and a blueprint doesn't mean you might be building a different type of house or you might be in a different kind of forest than the map that you're provided with. But it shows you how to look for things. It shows you how to get things, right? Because what people also don't understand is that people learn different from the different blueprints and maps. We see different things, but there's congruency between the resources that are provided. You know, if you're if you're out in the wilderness and you're handed a map that tells you what kind of herbs will help you from different bites or different famine or from hunger or from sickness, well, it doesn't matter what kind of forest you're in because you know that's going to help you. And so I think it's even how are we applying the universally gifted blueprints and how are we taking advantage of them? Because we never take away from anyone else, not really, if we're too tapped into our own being and we're too authentic. Because everyone has their unique journey and that's the power of authenticity that we all walk our own lives. And I think that when you have a community that's able to tap into their own identity first before they try to tap into the identity of the group, they become extremely more powerful. Because here's what happens. In modern day society, right now a lot of people are getting into group identities. Oh, I belong to this group. I'm part of this group. And they let the group identity define them because they haven't defined their own identity. Modern society is filled with people that haven't defined who they are, right? It's an identity crisis. But if we come in knowing who we are, knowing our values, knowing our why behind what we do, and we tap into a group community, well, then there's only room for growth. Because then we recognize at that point where you can recognize your own identity, that everyone has their own walk, which basically means that we can all win in the end. There's enough for everyone to win in the end. So we don't need to worry about some other guy's success or what they've done or if they have more than us or if their business is bigger because everyone's journeys is their own. So I want, you know, you to speak on how often do you see that authenticity piece where people are able to look at one another and build rather than, you know, compare themselves and feel less than. Uh, In terms of, in terms of, so how often do I see it? in context like in terms of just life or or yeah life yeah it's interesting like i feel like i feel like we're leaning into that more and more we keep having conversations like this you know as people there's there's really two two crowds of people they're the people that are struggling to find that authenticity and enjoying the embracing it and then there's the people that run from it and you know, chase validation externally. And it's, it's, it's a never ending cycle. Like some of us are ready for it. Some of us are not. And I think like I I'm witnessing throughout life. I don't know if it's, if it's like the more we go on the journey, the more we magnetize other people who are sort of in that same frame of mind, or if it's just simply like, I start to filter out people that aren't on that wavelength. And so it's like, I feel like I'm surrounded by people that are just dialed into their stuff. And like, I get so much inspiration every time I'm sitting there, I'm having a conversation on Instagram, for example, with, with a buddy that I haven't seen for a while. And they start telling me about all the cool projects they're on. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. And then you ask them a question, like, what do you, what do you do in your spare time? And it's, it's like, I'm sleeping early. I'm doing this. I'm taking care of this. And like habits are shifting. but it's not like, it's not like, it's not like we've won the battle for, for self-improvement because at the same side of the spectrum, there's still like, you see how many people, uh, like just Netflix, Apple TV, Disney plus, like there's so much junk out there. That's it. That's got like everybody in a stranglehold and immediate gratification is like the name of the game for a lot of people. Just because in my world, I feel like a lot of the people that I, I hang out with and I associate with, they're coming from a place of how can I add value? How can I take care of you know, making sure that I'm speaking with authenticity, growing a business, taking care of my habits? I feel like that's like very common in my world, probably because I'm filtering out. I'm, I'm not associating with a lot of people that don't have that same frame of mind or that same value set. Not to say it's not there. It's like it's interesting because it's like it's all subjective in the in the end, right? But the majority of the people that are in my circle, I find that there's there, it, it, they select themselves in or they select themselves out, right? I'm curating based on the intention, 
behind it, right? And if the intention is I want to grow and I want to learn, there's a certain level of vulnerability and, and being like, all right, I don't have my stuff dialed in. Like, what, what can you teach me? Um, or even like, hey, no, I've noticed like you could do better than this. Like, this is what I found to be particularly helpful. And there's like a, a it, it, it's a give. Every everybody in that circumstance, it's, it's like let's give, let's help each other out here, not uh, not from the lens of like. I'm the one that's going to succeed and let me cut you down. And and I don't know. I don't have that in my life. I feel like everyone in my life is like full on supportive of each other. And it's, it's really special. I think it's a, you know, it's a standard piece. You know, it's the standard we set ourselves across the board, our standard for giving our standard for excellence, our standard for, for our values and for, for who we are. So I think again, at the end of the day, it's just setting a standard for our identity and our ability to be authentic and stay true to who we are, no matter the circumstance, no matter the community, and no matter the challenge. But this has been a great conversation. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you at, as well as what's a closing message for the episode? Yeah, the closing message, I would, I would really just say, believe in yourself, no matter how hard things get. Just keep going. You are where you're supposed to be, and uh, you have a beautiful gift to give to the world. So just give it. Find me and everything I'm doing at thebigpossible.com. I think that's the easiest place. Uh, I've got a lot of, uh, whether it's like the agency style, style content, whether it's the podcast that I've got or the retreats, you'll find everything there. So stay. And, you know, anytime you want to stay in touch with me, just uh, hit me up on social at the Big Possible or at Follow Noah and uh, shoot me an email at, uh, you can find all that stuff at the, at the website. I think that's the easiest place to go. Sounds good, man. And my closing message for the episode is, again, stay true to who you are. You know, don't do things that are against your identity. Live in your identity. Remain in your identity. Be around people that are good for your identity and that will help you grow your identity. You know, if there's any situation or a community or people that are regressing who you are because they want to create a different version of your best version of yourself, you know, you got to get out of those places because at the end of the day, they're only going to take you back and away from the person that you're truly meant to be. Gentlemen, you know how we close it out here. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Wink it, quiso wink it. He conquers who conquers himself. That's all for today's episode on the Gentleman's Atlas podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. If you are serious about taking your life to the next level, visit our website, www.thegentlemansatlas.com for all our services previous content, and full episode transcripts. We greatly appreciate your support, and we're excited to see you in the next episode.